welcome to the Armchair Strategist, where we meet around the coffee maker every morning and turn anything and everything into a business conversation. Here are the Armchair Strategists, Dr. Kent and Randy. I got something for you, Kent. Nice, nice. All right. Nice, nice. So, welcome to Armchair Strategists. We always uh, get ourselves psyched up by playing songs about squirrels and carrots and um, things like that. Today, it's a song about... Oh, we're talking about cars. Cars. All right. So, today we're talking about cars. I'm in love with my car. I'm in love with my car. What a feel for my automobile. <laughs> We're going to talk about cars, Ken. Well, I think this about? is our first, it's our first inanimate object on the, uh, on the show here. Well, we did talk about bicycles, so that's also... That's true. That's true. All right. Well, so I have a, um, I have a Camry, nice, respectable automobile. Uh, what do you have? Well, I'm Australian, so it should be no surprise to anybody that I drive an Outback. You know, give me the four-wheel drive and the ground clearance and all that sort of stuff. So, But my wife, Laura, drives a, uh, a Mini Cooper convertible. That's kind of a cool car. And, yeah, it doesn't stop there. I, I also have a, a classic car. I've got a 73 Mustang convertible. So now you got to tell, your, you gotta tell your, um, that car story about the, um, what was it? The uh, the thingamajigger that yeah. didn't work, and this is this is going to be about business. Everybody, we we always talk about business. We're just talking about it in such a way that, you know, it's also about cars and squirrels and all that good stuff. Yeah. So this this is a good one, and it's a really good example of what we can talk about today. So a few months ago, I went out and I tried to start my Mustang. It wouldn't start. So I tried. I thought it was a battery. So I tried to jumpstart, and all that happened was that sparks were flying everywhere. I thought I was going to set fire to the garage. Can you can you give us some of the sounds it was making? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was making a lot of very strange sounds, and there were sparks going everywhere. So my neighbor across the road is a Mustang specialist. He builds up uh, Mustang racing cars. And he's got a very hot Mustang in his garage. So I trundle over there and say, hey, can you come and have a look at this? So what does trundle mean? Trundle, uh, walk slowly. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> uh, walk slowly across the road. And I grabbed him and he came over and he looked at me and he said, I think it's your starter solenoid. I said, cool. So I go off to auto parts and buy a starter solenoid and come back because he'd said, if you go and buy the part, I'll put it in for you. So I've gone and bought it and uh, come back and said to him that I've bought it. And 
he went through a period, his, his mother was sick with cancer in Vegas, so he travelled to Vegas to look after her. So he wasn't available to help me put it in. Meanwhile, my Mustang, which I love to drive, is sitting in the garage unable to start. So at this stage, I'm kind of willing to pay anything to get it working. So I call up my, my local um, delivery mechanic. Who knew that mechanics would come to your house? But they do. So a mechanic came to my house. I told him what the problem was, gave him the part. He put it in. He started it up. Everything was running fine. So I paid him and he got in his car and he left. And this is awesome because here I am thinking I didn't really care at all what it cost to get my car fixed because now I could drive it and so I'm ready to drive it. So he said to leave it running for about 30 minutes to recharge the battery, which I did and I came out about 30 minutes later and turned it off turned it off again, turned it off again, it wouldn't turn off. It just wouldn't turn off. So you have a car that doesn't turn on and a guy that comes and fixes it and then it's a car that doesn't turn off. That's right. So how cool <laughs> is that? Now, I, I presume that I could have driven it, but I just couldn't turn it off. So I get on the phone, call the mechanic back and say, what's with this? And he said, oh, I don't know anything about... Um, classic cars or I know nothing about cars that old. I only work on new cars. And I just did that because it was a job. And I said, so what do I do? He said, well, if you, if you lift the hood, you can just pull one of the wires off the solenoid that I just put in and that will stop the car. So I did that and the car stopped. Fabulous. Then I have Wait, to- So why didn't, so, so then, you know, it's fixed, right? You can you can drive around, and you just have to pull that wire off when you're done, right? right? Yeah, okay. uh, and, and so it's still not not ideal. <laughs> oh, so now it's certainly not ideal because I can drive it, and about thirty percent to fifty percent of the time I can turn it off, and fifty percent of the time I have to get out and open the hood and and fix it. So while it sort of money I paid for this mechanic sort of half solved the problem. It seems that I now have a sticking start solenoid, so it sticks and doesn't always allow me to turn the car off. It's not a perfect solution because, you know, I'm now going to pay somebody else to fix this problem right. or buy a new one and put it on or whatever. But I think what's interesting here is that I was happy to pay whatever it cost for a perfect solution and I received an imperfect solution and now I'm not particularly happy to pay to fix an intermittent problem. And this is something that, you know, if we, if we think about business, there's something super important here, which is if you have a big problem and somebody comes along with the right solution, you'll pretty much pay anything for that solution. But if somebody comes along with only half a solution, you really don't want to pay anything for it. So how do you price your product or service, particularly if you're an expert, if you're a coach, a writer, a service professional, you know, um, a speaker, how do you price your services? Any ideas? I think um, the moral of the story is um, 
Um, you hire somebody who knows something about cars. Yeah, it would have helped if I'd hired somebody who knew something about what they were working on, what they were going to do for me. Um, so yeah. I, it's, I made the mistake by hiring the wrong guy. And I think that happens all the time. All right. So in business, we're talking about car that doesn't start, car that won't turn off, that already got fixed by a guy who you paid to fix one problem, but the, the exact opposite problem happens, right? Mm-hmm. How does this apply to business? You're, so Randy's a CFO who can tell stories, and there's got to be some good stories around this one. Well, I think it's it's really interesting because we live in a society that values um, values dollars more than results, and I think the the story here is when you when you're pricing whatever it is that you're selling, you have to not be so concerned with what it costs you, but far more concerned with the value that you're providing the purchaser in the eyes of the purchaser. So mm-hmm. if if you have a bad heart and it's racing and you go to your heart doctor, do you sit in his office and the first or thing her. You, hmm? Or her. Or her. <laughs> you, you, sit in, you sit in their office and they come out and they say, hello, Dr. Kent, what can we do for you? Well, my heart's really bad. Oh, well, we can help you. Oh, how much is that going to cost? Mm-hmm. And are you going to say, hang on, let me go and check it out with somebody else first because you know that my heart attack's going to wait? No, chances are you're going to say, if I have a heart attack today, I'm going to die. I need you to fix me. Right. Right. And you'll worry about the cost later. You'll worry about, you know, your insurance company, all that stuff later. You just want to, you want to live for another day. When you're in business, particularly the expert businesses, you have to think about the value that you're providing the person who is putting their hand in their wallet. If you only do half the job and leave them with another problem that they have to get somebody else to solve, you can't change charge as much and get repeat business or recommendations or testimonials. So now we're talking about now we're talking about the expert industry in a lot of ways. And I call I'm sort of one of these myself, a business bro, right? I'm a male I'm a business person, but I sort of laughingly call the business bros people who have a business model of churn and burn. Where it's it's you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna acquire clients, and um, I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the 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 way to advertise on Facebook. I can get them cost of acquisition. I can grab them. I can put them in my funnel, uh, charge them a bunch of money, uh, give them some kind of value, but then get them out of my system somehow, having paid me a bunch of money. Not all that concerned about the outcome because what I'm concerned about is my bottom line and getting more and more clients in the funnel. Um, and blame them if, if they don't get the results they want because maybe they didn't upgrade to the next package or this and that, right? That's the, that's the yes. problem. Yeah. And, and their, their thinking is that if we can get enough people coming through the front door, if we can get enough people uh, buying that first product, even a small percentage of them that end up being happy with what they acquired is good enough for, right. for us because – it's good enough for the business pros to sell a few back-end products and make a great deal of money, but there's a large proportion of people that come through the front door 
in these programs that leave with their car not stopping or not starting. The, the wrong problem has been addressed. The wrong solution has been applied. And these programs really don't care. They, they just let you go. So I was thinking about people who have uh, practical cars, like your Outback, like my Camry, or we have a Volvo, cars that are safe and dependable, and the value of that versus kind of a muscle car. And uh, that, I think that's another good metaphor with cars and business. Thinking about the long haul, are you going to get it to 100,000 miles? Are you going to go 200,000? Will this thing keep your family safe? And I think it's, it's not as often that we think of business that way. That's right. We, in 15 years' time, what is your business going to look like? Right. In 15 years' time, what is it going to look like? And if you can't answer those questions, then I think we need to spend more time thinking about it. In five years' time, what does it look like? Because business needs to be built today for what it's going to look like tomorrow. If you don't have that vision for tomorrow, you can't build it the right way today and you can't find the right people to help you. So if I was to go out and buy another car for everyday use to get me to work every day, I would not buy a 50-year-old muscle car because it's going to break down. It's going to fail. Interesting. I would go out and buy a conventional, safe car that starts every day. And if you're going to, if you're going to build a custom business or, or a custom in this metaphorical car, you could start from scratch, but you're going to use the components that make up all cars, right? You might, you might get more efficient or everything else, but um, essentially you're going to be using things that have been used in the past. Yeah. Um, reinventing the wheel is probably not a good way to go, but <laughs> taking, taking the lessons from people who have gone before you, people that have done it before you, um, allows you to improve on their processes, on their systems, on their procedures, uh, allows you to become more efficient because you're starting from a place of success rather than a place that leads to failure. Awesome. So with that, um, it's a nice day. Maybe I'll just back out the Mustang and go for a cruise and hope I can turn it off. You know this one? Take me riding in the car, car, take me riding oh, in the car, car, take you riding in the car, car. Woody Guthrie. Me, God. Take me riding in the car, car. See you right. tomorrow, no knowing what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to Armchair Strategists. We'll circle back with you soon.